getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. What's up, Woonatics? What's up, Woonies? <laughs> oh boy, I guess we haven't been on here in like three, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's it has been... felt like a long time. Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel like, I wonder if you feel this way, but I have been, it just feels like rapid, rapid growth. It just keeps mm. happening, like just releasing, releasing. Yeah, I guess I actually do feel that way, although I hadn't thought of it that way before you said it but well actually i mean we, <laughs> we do need to dedicate more time to this when we get a chance yeah but because we want to talk about how this happened i think yeah but if suddenly we well i feel like you I, f- I feel like i know oh but i will just say brett has opened up his energetic reading skills and <laughs> one of the things about uh doing readings like for people like for animals for instance mm-hmm. our own animals i have a, it's very hard for me to be in neutral about it right and suddenly brett can read <laughs> uh, the information of our animals he has started it started i won't go into too much detail yeah. but it started with one who then shifted how he was showing up the animal did ernesto the cat Started shifting how he was treating you and mm-hmm. others, not me yet, but, and <laughs> then that happened with another animal. And then suddenly I was like, what is going on here? And it was just like the, the gates were opened and he's an excellent reader, if you ask <laughs> I, yeah, it's very interesting. So Nesto basically started doing the things I was trying to show him that he could do. Like he didn't have to be so skittish and he just started doing them and it was wild. What do you mean then? Well, first I was just trying to like help him ground and not feel like he had to run from us and he stopped running. And then I was like, hey, you could like (laughs) come snuggle with us on the couch when we're there. And he started doing that instead of just like hiding all the time. Well, we won't go into too many. But that I I only brought that up because like that was a big factor in my not just dismissing this information, you know, this new development. And this is part of what I was saying. I think it will be good to explore it in another um uh, I almost said session I'm <laughs> episode when we don't have another person when yeah. we don't have an interview. Yeah. Um, because I do feel like I know how it happened, but one of the things is, or and when I say how it happened, I just mean like it's something proofs. I mean, not that I needed this proof, but it is proof that it can be taught. Like it's a thing that can be taught, and it's not something outside of people's abilities i would agree with that i think there has been a slow build to this for a long time yeah and that's part of the process of being in a class is like getting that validation to have other people in the class being like yeah i saw that i get that or no i think this is happening or whatever yeah um so anyway that was that was the exciting development that has occurred yeah very big um and yeah so today we are interviewing an enneagram well she told us not in the interview you'll hear her say that she is not an expert but she only said that because it's an endless 
what am I trying to say? Uh, modality? That's not the exact right word. Yeah, well, she described herself as an eternal student, right. which is why I think she was reluctant to... Yeah, but she's definitely an expert. She's definitely she teaches an expert. <laughs> it. She's teaching an, um, a workshop on it, which I am really excited yeah. about. And um, yeah, so the one thing I wanted to say before that is just that I was so sure I was a two <laughs> and I said it to her and yeah. I didn't ever yeah I, I was just basically like that's it there's no other way right there's right. nothing else and I don't even know that much about the Enneagram it's just every single test I've taken and it just seems so clear to yeah. me yeah yeah and then when we were done she kind of like I'm not going to recap the whole thing but after when we were off the off the mics <laughs> she basically like kind of in respectfully kind of uh suggested that i might be a three mm -hmm. and then i'm only saying this right now because i think it might be interesting when you listen to the interview to hear yeah. like how sure i was but um and then when i started reading about the three i was like oh my god <laughs> this I've been in denial my whole life, and it also felt really <laughs> validating. It's a more ambitious profile, way more ambitious. Twos are not ambitious hey. at all, I would say. Um, and it felt really validating because I think yeah. I do have a lot of shadow stuff around my ambition, and it yeah. kind of it says it in a validating way, like no, but okay, but this if this is who you are or your gut motivation. Then that's just if there's no judgment, right. it's just like that's the case. You yep. Know? Yep. Um, so anyway, that has been really helpful. And before this, I was interested in the Enneagram, but I you know, just like I am in a lot of these modalities. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't like so into it. And now that I know this it's just so interesting to me. One more thing before we get to the interview, I just wanted to say, well, first of all, if you all could, if you enjoy the show, rate it, review it mm. on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, it really helps the show, it helps other people find us, and we appreciate that so much. Tell a friend, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. Um, And also, I just wanted to mention that I have just um recorded two new meditations for beginning and ending your day. I'm really excited about them because I've had a lot of people ask me to make these for a while, mm -hmm. and um, I, I really love them. They are, um, first, I help you to relax your nervous system mm -hmm. so that a lot of times people have a harder time getting into meditations because th your their mind's so active or their nervous system is so active. So I've started now doing my meditations with a purposefully helping to calm the nervous system. And then setting intentions with your gut, with your higher self and sending light to people. And the end of the day is releasing cords and energy that you may have taken on that you don't want to. So they are very helpful. Yeah. And if you are a paid member of my Substack newsletter, it is with that subscription. And if you are not, it's $15 for both yep. right now. There's yeah. a 24% off deal right. for the new year. After that, it'll be 20 Yeah, these both feel like real, use them every day, timeless workhorse, like <laughs> That's funny. with you all the time kind of meditations. That is why I did it, because I like meditations that are like that, that are like, okay, I'm feeling kind of off or even just like, I want to start my day in this, the highest place possible, meaning yeah. like closest to my higher self as possible. Yeah. How yeah. can I just start the day like this and then release the day? Yeah. So yeah, you can find it in the notes or on my website, natashalevenger.com. Um, anyway, okay, I guess this, I'll just read her bio mm -hmm. and yeah, we'll get to it. So uh, Vrin Rao is a leadership and mindfulness coach who specializes in helping individuals, parents, groups, and teams to decrease their emotional reactivity and overcome self-sabotaging. Self-sabotaging. <laughs> uh, she uses the framework of the Enneagram yoga psychology and meditation practices to help others solve the question of why do I get in my own way? Mm. She has been featured in over 15 podcasts, has been an expert contributor to Career, Contessa, and Girl Boss, and was selected as one of the top meditation coaches by Coach Foundation in 2022. 
And here is our interview. Right, Vrind, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. I've been wanting to have an Enneagram expert for a long time, like in my last podcast too. Weirdly, we never had anyone speak on the Enneagram. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. And as for expert, I'm not sure I'm that, but I'm definitely a lover. And I can say that the Enneagram, I really feel is something that you can keep learning about forever. So, well, I think that's true of all things, like spiritually speaking, at least it's an endless, I think we can call you an expert. And uh, if you don't want us to, we don't have to, but (laughs) an expert doesn't mean, you know, every last thing that ever happened, you know, it's just, you know, a lot about it. Well, I'm constantly learning. So an eternal student. That's yes. The best kind. (laughs) So can you give us like just for people, actually, I don't even know if Brett knows any, do you know anything about the Enneagram? I know very little, but up until like two hours ago, I thought that the Myers-Briggs designations (laughs) were Enneagram designations. So I am an eternal student at the beginning of eternity. So (laughs) You did, and you. We neither of us have great memories, but at some point we did do the test. This was probably a couple years ago, maybe even more. So that's how I know we are both twos. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so if you could tell Brett and our audience, and also me, anything about like what, yeah, what is it? So the Enneagram comes from the Latin um, Ennea and Gram. So literally it means the nine-pointed figure. And what the Enneagram speaks to and where it differs from Myers-Briggs and other very useful personality typologies is that many typologies specifically focus on behavior, whereas the Enneagram focuses on motivation. which goes much, much deeper because you can have five people in the room all exhibiting the same behavior, but they may have five different motivations as to where they're coming from. Mm. And if we understand our motivations primarily, and then we start to understand other people's motivations, we can come from a greater place of compassion and responsibility. Mm, I love that. And so that's really what the Enneagram offers. So motivation and if you break motivation down you can look at it as it's a combination of our needs and fears and so we are constantly striving to get our needs met oftentimes unsuccessfully and (laughs) we are also trying as hard as possible to avoid our fears becoming realized or materialized and so this really beautiful combination of this framework articulating so specifically what are the needs, fears, and the overall motivations of these nine different lenses by which we can see the world through Mm. helps us to actually have a starting place to do greater self-awareness work, inner work, and it doesn't become so intangible. It's, you have a, you have a good firm foundation to begin from. Mm. So if you know what, let's say your part, let's say you're in a relation, like a marriage or something like that, and you know what your partner's Enneagram is, mm-hmm. how can that help you? Or am I jumping? So funny right. enough, um, my husband and I, our primary type is actually the same. Mm. Our secondary type oh. or the wing is uh-huh. different. But okay. our primary type is the same. And same how with it, me and Brett. Right. And yeah. so how it helps us is that since we know that there are certain fears that that just come up, especially when we are not as aware, when we're stressed out, when we're tired, mm. when our when our consciousness is just lower, we're just we're just struggling to kind of survive, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, we all experience this. Mm-hmm. When that happens, our reactivity is high. Mm. And so this is really where 
my work with the Enneagram has really started to go deeper in what I'm becoming more and more fascinated by and how I really want to help and serve others is mm. that if I know what my partner's motivations, fears, and needs are, and if in our case, they happen to be the same, then there's a way in which I can empathize and understand more deeply. It doesn't come as much of a shock, which mm. is what tends to happen when we react to something. It feels very surprising. It's like, mm. where did this come from? Yeah. Even though it happens over and over and over again, you would think that it's a pattern. You would think we will get this by now, but we don't. <laughs> And so when when you essentially have a mirror in front of you who's kind of experiencing the same thing in their unique way, but the same kinds of needs and fears, there's a way in which there's almost a camaraderie then that can really develop, mm. right? And when, that's if, if when you're you know of the they're... same type. Mm -hmm. I, this reminds me so much of something that Natasha is much better at remembering than I am with our children, which is when there is a behavior that we don't like, there is an unmet need behind it. And like this idea exactly. of like motivation versus behavior is so like, it is so much easier to empathize with an unmet need than a child screaming in your face or refusing to, or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and I, yeah. Yeah. And that's also true with inner child work too. This is just exactly what you're saying. Like when we have a lot of us, when we have um, parts of ourselves that we don't like or feelings that we don't like, if we can look at them as, oh, this is a need screaming at me instead of like, oh, I'm gross or I'm shameful or whatever, then you can greet it more, um, well, more empathetically, but also you can get the change that you're looking for, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. You, can, you can get what you want on in practical terms. Yeah, I was just thinking before you said that, like, how do we get our kids to take one of these or to get, <laughs> like figure out what it is so we can? You know, uh... it's incredibly helpful. And as yeah. uh, as a mother myself of two, um, we have a four and a half year old and a fourteen month old. Oh, and wow. around the age of two, you can actually start to see and um, get a good idea of what the type could potentially be. Mm. And that is not to encourage anybody out there to type their children. <laughs> I really feel that to discover one's own type is a journey that mm. should not be robbed from anybody. Mm. And that's why personally, I don't really um, recommend tests. Because oh. tests, if you if if you even recall, most of them are multiple choice. Yeah. And because they're multiple choice, how can you actually get to motivation through multiple choice? It's very, yeah. very difficult. It requires deep questioning and really unpacking what is the motivation? Why, 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 why to get to it? Mm. But to come back to children, um, we have a pretty good idea of what our, our four-year-old's type is, but we keep it as a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And so we try to speak in the language to alleviate fears and to help mm understand the needs and as we do that it seems more and more likely that our hypothesis is true but mm -hmm. in some ways it also doesn't matter we hold it loosely because the point is to truly understand and to love and to guide it's yeah. not to type well right. so how do you, how do you recommend people yeah. find out like get an idea of what their own uh type is if they're unfamiliar and you recommend it, or you suggest not taking tests? How do you how do you begin to do that? So three different ways. So the first, if somebody has ample time and space and inclination, is a lot of reading. That mm. you, there are numerous enneagram books out there. Um, the one by Richard um, by Don Riso and Russ Hudson, The Wisdom of the Enneagram, is a fantastic book. It's a very in depth, but it's fantastic. Mm. And there's numerous other ones, but it requires a certain amount of patience and like really going through and a certain honesty as well. Mm -hmm. The other way is to do a workshop mm. with somebody who is quite learned and and really has empathy and compassion for all the types. This is something I learned from my <laughs> own teachers. Don't try to teach the Enneagram if you don't love or are coming to a place of loving all the types because mm. all the types 
yeah. are equally wonderful and equally have their challenges. Wait, this because- is so similar to inner child work because it really yeah. is the same thing with our inner children. It's like you have to accept all of them and yeah, not have any, like you can understand when something, a behavior is happening that isn't helping you, but to judge it just, yeah, isn't helpful. It isn't helpful. So similarly yeah. with the type. So sometimes it, and, and we all naturally may have a bias or, or have a little right. bit more of an aversion to one of the types because perhaps our parent was a certain type right. and we have an interesting relationship with them or, you know, <laughs> it just within our relationships, we experience that. So that's another way through workshops. And finally, through having a, a one-to-one consultation. Mm. That is a fantastic way. So this is something um, I love offering because there's a way in which you can sit down with somebody and really get a chance to parse through what is the motivation and really, really Mm -hmm. help somebody see what is already inside of them. You're not really, Mm -hmm. you're not really telling them anything. You're just helping them to recognize certain patterns and see them from a different perspective. Well, what about like, um, I mean, when I've taken the test, it's just like, it's so clear. I mean, there's, (laughs) you know, it's just very clear. (laughs) If I was another type, I'd be very shocked. Um, So maybe sometimes if somebody, like, do you think the test may be like a cursory thing if they don't have time to have a consult or, you know, something like that? So it's, well, I'll put it this way for, for, And this is how I've learned from numerous teachers, what to speak of Enneagram teachers. When we're talking about self-awareness, self-awareness is as much as as wherever we are. And I know that when I started, you know, this kind of path, what happened was I thought I was extremely self-aware. And now, 10 years later, I'm realizing, (laughs) wow, tip of the iceberg. There's just so much I don't know. The eternal student eternal students. So that's where we come up against our own bias. Right, right. That right. Makes so sense. sometimes what happens is when we answer questions, unconsciously, we're answering them in a way of this is how I want to be seen, right. as opposed to this is who I really am. So maybe not to uh, push the test, but maybe <laughs> if you were going to do it, just be aware, like to do it with as much brutal honesty as you can. Or even hold it loosely, take the result, right? Mm -hmm. Read about it, go Mm -hmm. back, really try to understand the motivation and see how it shows up in your life. Mm -hmm. And so then you, you can use it as a hypothesis, as a starting point. Right. Right. And, and from there move forward. Well, this actually dovetails to a question that occurred to me for the beginning is it seems like types will be shaped not only by nature, but also by nurture. And so is it, does it ever happen where somebody's type changes as a result of like their life experiences or trauma or whatever? So types don't change. And by the way, fantastic question. So (laughs) it's, it's said that both influence definitely we come in with a certain nature and Mm -hmm. that is our inherent type. Mm-hmm. Or you can say the inherent lens by which you see the world through, right? Mm-hmm. Those core motivations, needs, and fears that accompany us, right? And for those who come um, from a more spiritual uh, vantage point, one could say that is the karma we come into this life with, right? Mm-hmm. That our psychophysical nature, the way we are shaped, all of that that we come in with. Now, that alongside with the environment that we grow up in so there could be and this is i've always found this to be fascinating there can be a a family cultural type Mm. there can be different countries have a certain energetic type and so based off of all of that whatever one experiences and and depending on their own kind of constitution whatever they inherently come in with some can almost mold themselves into what is acceptable or valuable or whatever the the prominent kind of like culture may be. So I've seen numerous situations where a person has been so confident that they're a certain type, Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then after new, like a lot of questioning and really bringing forth a lot of curiosity, the person is shocked to find out they're not that, that it's actually mm. been a cultural type of, I don't want to say imposition, but kind of an, an imbibing mm-hmm. that they've taken in and mm-hmm. that they yeah. are actually something else. Yeah. You know what else I think is, well, in my experience, not to, again, not to harp on this, but like, so I'm a two and what's also interesting to me in numerology, I'm an 11, which breaks down as a two. And it is very similar to that. And it's also very similar to my astral, my astrology of my rising sign. So anyway, I I feel like sometimes like you talking about coming in with this, what I would call like a blueprint almost of, mm-hmm. of who you are. And I feel like the astrology, your astrology charts, like kind of a blueprint and all these other things can be that. And so this is like another way of showing you who you are, like how you came, what you came mm. in. Yeah. You can look at this as what the Enneagram specifically, if you want to look at it from the blueprint perspective, the knowledge it offers is your ego wiring. Yeah. What gets mm. in the way of you recognizing and accessing your true self? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the roadmap that it is providing yeah I love that and mm. again that's like inner child work like what all these little inner child parts are kind of not in the way I don't want to think of it that way but they're like the wounded parts are kind of um if we say it meanly in the way <laughs> of the true self mm. not that you said it meanly but I'm saying if we're talking about child parts they are um so is there a way to uh, describe I've I almost hate asking you this question so you can tell <laughs> me if you don't want to answer it but like is there a way to kind of narr- like succinctly say what each type's like main thing main points are yeah like we main can, motivations we can go through the nine types and name their motivations definitely okay. sure so um we let's maybe we can start off with the motivations and then depending we can go a little bit into needs and fears or if okay in another direction. That's great too. So we'll start off with, so maybe I can introduce the Enneagram in this way. So before even getting to the types, one of the most important things that I feel is often not spoken about enough with respect to the Enneagram is that it also speaks about levels of consciousness, Mm. right? And so levels of consciousness, meaning levels of awareness. And that means that one type for example, let's just let's use the example of a six can look very, very different if they are at a very high level of consciousness. Oh, yeah. At an intermediate level of consciousness, mm-hmm. at a very low level of consciousness and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this so, is also similar to astrology, too. It's like there's the kind of shadow parts and the like. Yeah. Right. Similar. Yeah. And so I wanted to just bring that up because sometimes um, and with the explosion and popularity of the Enneagram, a lot of Enneagram uh, content out there has almost been turned into memes. And mm. and that can be great for levity and for fun. And, you know, that has a place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is this is some serious inner work and practices and mm. to understand that oh, well, I think I'm a six, but that person is a six, but they look so different. They can't be a six. Mm -hmm. Means that there isn't this deeper understanding that it really depends on our level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And our level of consciousness changes throughout the day as well. It's not like we're static all the time. The way that I show up now, for example, with my kids may change two hours from now. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. Sorry, is, is consciousness, level of consciousness synonymous with like self-awareness or totally exactly with how aware I am of my patterns of reactivity my triggers my my needs and fears essentially Mm -hmm. right yeah so so if we start off with the top of the Enneagram so starting off with the nine the primary motivation for the nine is I am looking for harmony for Mm. peacefulness right Mm. that is my core this is what I this is what everything I do is about that's mm. what I'm about. For the one, it's about alignment, the sense of goodness. I want to be good, like mm. right, principled. Mm. That is my motivation. Mm. For the twos, it's about connectedness and love. I My motivation is to feel intimate with mm. other people. 
fits in. For the three, it's about a sense of value. I want to experience my own value. I want that to be recognized and seen as well. For the four, the motivation is to experience my own authenticity. Mm. For the five, it's to feel encyclopedic. Mm. Actually, like I just so much knowledge and it's through knowledge I experience clarity, illumination. For Mm. the six, the motivation is security. Mm. I want to feel stability and security. And for the seven, it's to experience a sense of freedom, limitlessness. Mm. Mm. And then finally, with the eight, it's to feel aliveness. Mm. Mm. And so if you go through all of these, right, we want to experience all of this. It's not like there's, right. you know, like, oh, I don't want one of this. And, you know, like these, I'll take these three, but not, you know, these <laughs> six. There's, there's a component, of course, and all of these energies live within us. But when we're talking about what is our primary type, this mm-hmm. is the driver. It's like, Everything I do, every small interaction I have starts to represent and and it's it's kind of trying to fill this motivation. So when you say the wing, is that like, um, yeah, what what does that mean? So that is the secondary type. And so um, if you look at the image of the Enneagram, you'll see that it's the different numbers are all around in a circle, right? And so the type is adjacent to the primary type. So the wing, Mm -hmm. sorry, is adjacent to the primary type. And so unfortunately, we don't have um, a diagram here. But if we were to say, for example, the two, so if you're a type two, you would either have a one wing or a three wing. You cannot be a type two with an eight wing. Um, Right. And this is also very helpful in really narrowing down your type Mm. because sometimes people may be able to um, kind of eliminate, okay, these four types don't feel like me, but I'm kind of feeling like it might be between these two or these three. Mm -hmm. And so it's very helpful to look at the potential wing because the wing can then give some some more information to clarify what's happening. Yeah, that's interesting. The wing also can tend to um, offer insights into introversion and extroversion. Oh, what do you mean? How so? So there are certain types on the Enneagram. So the the types themselves are not, quote, introverted, extroverted. That's also dependent on numerous factors. But Mm. the type wing combination definitely creates a more... a a greater sense so for example Mm -hmm. certain type wing combinations are actually um, opposing in nature Mm -hmm. and so that's why there are a lot of people out there who say I'm an extroverted introvert or I'm an introverted extrovert and that that kind of speaks to this kind of almost inner conflict right then there are certain types type type wing combinations that create extreme extroversion and there are some that create extreme introversion interesting that's fascinating (laughs) so yeah so as far as like i i wonder if there's a way for you to talk about how to relationally use this so Okay, so there's the understanding, the motivation. And then is there another part of, you were saying maybe we could talk about the needs and wants? Is that what you said? Underneath Needs that? and fears. fears. Needs mm-hmm. and fears. Yes. So the needs and fears. Um, is there any of them that you would particularly like to go- get into? Um, <laughs> two. Okay. And selfishly. Since we believe we yeah. are twos. Yes. Okay. I All am right. so curious what, yeah, I really want to know now what our kids are just because it is so, it seems really helpful to. It's incredibly helpful. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this, whether your kids are similar in type or not. Mm, they're not. We will <laughs> undoubtedly be triggered, right? I mean, right. I'm sure you experience this yeah. in your own work, right? It doesn't matter whether, because sometimes there's this idea of like, oh, are there two types that are more compatible together, right? That's right. a question that often occurs. Mm. And the answer is all types are compatible. It depends on how healthy and aware you are. That's yeah. It. 
Yeah, I guess yeah. it's really, yeah, it just keeps reminding me now of astrology. Like, I feel like whenever people do like those apps to figure out like, are we compatible? To me, it just seems not helpful because it really is about kind of what you were saying, how conscious are you or not? And how much is your wounding going to come out or not within that framework? Yeah. Yes. Well, this so, is also yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just real quick. This also reminds me so much of uh, uh, the way I approached astrology mm. in that, like, there's the popular understanding of astrology and also, I assume, right. Enneagrams that is shallow and, like, very surface level and yes. easy to dismiss as, right. like, well, people aren't just nine types of people or whatever. But when you dig into it and you see all of the ways that, all the complexities that can come into it, it it reveals itself to be much more helpful and deeper than it looks uh, if you're just, you know, flipping past memes. Exactly. It's so astute that you picked that up. Absolutely. It's, it's one of these things I think often we live in a culture of um, instant everything, right? So even if we come across anything, so whether that be astrology or... Um, the Enneagram or anything that could be a helpful tool. We want kind of like the bite-sized version mm-hmm. and, but we want the bite-sized version to contain everything that we need. <laughs> right, right. But if you, if we say it out loud, it seems kind of funny, but, yeah. but that's, that's what happens. And so yeah. this is, this is something that takes years of study. It takes a lot of introspection work. One of um, the foremost Enneagram teachers out there, Russ Hudson, speaks about, and, I, and I'm and i always so touched when I hear him speak about this. He says that for two years, I mistyped myself. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about somebody who's at the forefront, you know, right. of really understanding this, been doing this for 40 years, right? right. And he says, I mistyped myself. Yeah. But the thing is, how curious can I be mm-hmm. in my pursuit of really trying to become aware and yeah. the more honest this, I yeah. become. Yeah. It's again, just like inner child work. Cause you have to be curious. You have to be compassionate. Otherwise you're not going to get any answers. And that's the same with actual just relationships in general. Yeah. Or I mean, just your life, like the yeah. more curious and self-aware you are, yeah. the easier it is to navigate the world. Yeah. And you can't be really self-aware and rigid at the same time. You're only going to get like a little slice of it. So not to be uh, for us to be uh, narcissistic and self-centered, but if you were going to do the (laughs) two, hopefully this will help other people in terms of relating to the Enneagram and how they can then use it for themselves. Sure. We can speak about the two. And this is also perhaps another way um, for anybody listening, if whether they relate to this or not, we have that two energy in all of us. Right. Right. So this is a good it's the time best one is what you <laughs> yeah. yes, Some of us are luckier count. to have it as a primary. Let's just discount what I said before about no typing better or other. It's actually the two that's the best. Yeah. So I'm glad um, you admitted it. There you go. <laughs> okay. So with the two, um, and so if if we were to to understand the two a little bit more deeply, right? The wiring for the two is um I'm highly, highly attuned to other people, right? There is a way in which I can pick up on other people's needs in a way that nobody else can pick up on on their needs, the person themselves included, right? It's almost like I have antenna for (laughs) other people's needs, Mm -hmm. right? But it comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. And that cost often for twos is that um, I just, there is a way in which I just, kind of ignore and neglect my own needs. Mm-hmm. And in fact, dep- and I mean, this is all depending on levels of consciousness, but if you were mm-hmm. to take somebody who is just an average level of consciousness, you know, a two, very often, if they were to be asked, well, what do you need? I don't need oh, anything. Oh my God. This I'm is good. really, this. we joke about Brett having no needs all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I, like, well, I, you I don't have, have any needs. Yeah. I'm fine. I don't know I'm fine. Up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I don't have any needs. Other people have needs. And my, 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 my role on this planet is to actually help other people meet their needs. Mm-hmm. That is, that is the wiring for the two. Now, interestingly enough, there are other types who also feel like they don't necessarily have needs, but 
the way for the two, the reason why I'm also tapping into other people's needs is because I want people to love me and to mm-hmm. feel connected with me. And mm-hmm. this is a way I can achieve that. I can't right? tell because... if I feel seen or attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, it, when often that's the experience, if, if it is your type, that's, that's the experience one has. It's a simultaneous sense of attack and being seen in a way, perhaps that like, I don't know how to put words to this. And that's what the Enneagram has personally done for me. It has offered me language to speak about things that I have experienced, but just don't know how to articulate without coming across as crazy. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. weird about me in it too, not to get hyper-specific, but I have a lot of needs. I am very highly aware of my needs, but I also am, it's literally my job to be highly attuned to other people. I read energy for a living. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, and I love helping people. I really love it. It's like my favorite thing to do, <laughs> but I also have a lot of well, but so I don't that, know. Maybe I'm. That's also I'm, changed for you over the years, wouldn't you say? Like needs? you're. No, like, I've always been pretty aware. Of my, I haven't been able to stand up for them necessarily, mm-hmm. and I don't always feel like I can take up that space with my needs. Yeah, but I'm also, but I am highly aware of them. Mm. I see. Interesting. For most twos, they are not aware at all. It mm, takes maybe I'm a, not a two. lot of work. Also, um, interestingly enough, and you know, this this doesn't confirm or deny anything but one thing for the twos is they have this kind of lean in energy it's like i can just come closer and closer and closer to you and i'm actually not aware of it (laughs) and for others they're they're kind of like kind of leading out (laughs) because they're not quite sure what to do there's that sense of closeness Mm -hmm. i'm craving closeness i i want everyone to feel like i'm their best friend Mm-hmm. And it, I get very insecure when I feel like that closeness is any way being interfered with. Yeah, I do feel that all of that. Right. And in fact, I teach about how to move your aura back because of that merging. So but I think a lot of people do experience that merging because, um, yeah, people often want to know how to unmerge. Yeah. Well, this is such an interesting example too, of how like we are both twos or, or believe. So we believe that yeah, Mm -hmm. from the test that we, that we are both twos, Mm -hmm. but I identify way less with needing to be everyone's best friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also, I also experience a bit more of a pulled back energy from you, Brett. From Brett. Yeah. I feel like I come across that way, but with like, (laughs) but not in a cold way, in a warm way. Yeah. In a very warm way, but because yeah. pull back, yeah, I wanted to clarify pull back energy sometimes has a connotation of like aloofness Cold, or anything. Yeah, I, I experience warmth, but at the same time, there's kind of like a like, boundary, like an, an yeah, like an attunement of like hmm. here. Yeah. Well, like, he's a Capricorn moon, I would like to explain <laughs> it that way, but anyway, so <laughs> so it's so it's very interesting from, yeah. from yeah. that. Yeah, it is interesting based on what you, this is just proving your point even further, not that you needed to, but um, how much, how it is helpful to like really spend time with it because we both do relate exactly to the opposite things of the twos. Yes. And these these are parts and that can, and these can also belong to other types as well. I could also say that. So the Mm. highly attuned nature, there are other types that are very highly attuned, but it's different. Their attunement is very different than the attunement of the two. Mm. What about the helper? Because that's the thing I really relate to with the two. Right. Right. So that, so that piece is interesting. In fact, many Enneagram teachers will say, if you're a woman, take five points off. If you're a mom, (laughs) take a hundred points off because, uh, because, you know, just, societally even right. certain enneagram types have more of a um, of a kind of energy towards male and female mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. the two is the very quintessential stereotypical female energy mm-hmm. right it's like the caring mother who will do absolutely everything who will not eat until every member of the family has eaten and you know yeah, like i have to that, eat you know, sure. <laughs> but 
that is, yeah. that's kind of like, just to say, you know, there, there is that no, kind of I energy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that. interesting. And also I was raised to be a servant to my mother. So that's another thing, like who knows? And yet also you said, though, we come in with a certain blueprint and it is a lot like all my other blueprints. Yeah. I mean, like well, the astrology. Yeah. It's also fat. Like I come from a very large family. And one of the reasons mm -hmm. I asked that question about like, how does, you know, nurture and, uh, and life experience affect it? Like I, it would be very easy to ascribe, um, a lot of my two-ness to the way I was brought up, mm -hmm. but I have seven siblings who are not all like me yeah. and who all lived in the same family as me mm -hmm. and the same culture as me yes. and, uh, and had different reactions to it than I did. So right. it's very, it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The other thing for the two, I would say is that, um, because I'm, I'm constantly looking and searching for this experience of feeling loved. And, and this is also the other piece that I think, not all Enneagram teachers will speak about, but I think is very helpful is that there's like, there's, um, you could say a quality that each type can kind of like find their themselves kind of trapped into for the mm. two. It's a quality. It's very unconscious of pride. Mm. Of, I'm proud. I don't have needs. Oh, oh my God. I'm that very, is so wow. Brett. Holy moly. Proud of that. Wow. You know, I'm so proud that I don't have needs. Wow. Not I'm anymore, not... but definitely that used to be. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's right. Weird. Other that's people have needs. I don't have needs. That's so funny. You know, like <laughs> I'm here on this earth to provide for you people, not you know, like, um, I'm good. Thank you very much. So I will relate this to everybody. But what do you think about this? Like, do you think this might be a mistype? Or do you think this is just a different way of relating to a type that I don't like, I love helping people, as I mentioned, but I love my needs. <laughs> and I need mm, my needs yeah. met. And I will yeah. meet my needs. And I definitely <laughs> will feed myself. If I'm hungry right. before my children, <laughs> <laughs> if necessary, well, it's really for know, their safety because they don't want to be around me when I'm that hungry. <laughs> but, well, okay. I, I can't say for certain just yeah. based off of this interaction, but I can say this. If it's the, the piece around service yeah. is not, is not the domain solely of the two oh, okay. there are numerous types okay. who love to serve. And want so, love desperately and want to be everyone's best friend. <laughs> sure. But but sometimes it's also going deeper into why do I want to be loved? Why do yeah. I want to be everybody's best friend? You know, for some yeah. people, it's like the reason why is because I feel valuable mm. when I yeah. am everyone's best friend and I'm loved. That's a that's a different type. Yeah, so I do love she'll be there. No, yeah. Connection right. is is the most important thing to me. I think mm. connection and relationships and like, yeah. But anyway, the yeah, other so thing I would say is to kind of explore the one and the three. Okay. Yeah. To see, right. Because, it, yeah. because depending, it could also mean let's, let's, let's hold the possibility that you're both twos that you may <laughs> have different wings. Right, right, right. Yeah, because when you be were saying the other thing that's when you were saying the thing about learning or like education or something, that's very Brett, but that's all the way in the five or six, right? Right. And that is also yeah. kind of like a misnomer of like, oh, the fives, they're all about, you know, learning. All the types love to learn. It's mm. just, why yeah. do I want to learn? The fives mm. want to learn because they feel like I can only navigate the world if I have a tremendous amount of knowledge, mm, that's interesting. that is not how many of us relate to the world. Many yeah. of us are like, I have enough knowledge. I can move on. I'm just really <laughs> fascinated by the subject. That's why I want to learn more or right. I'll become, I'll become accomplished in this. That's mm, why right. accomplishment isn't necessarily, it isn't the motivation for the five. It's genuinely feeling like I don't have a roadmap for this world. It's through knowledge that I get my roadmap. Do you feel that way, Brett? No, I I okay. love learning for the sake of learning. Like I could literally, I have thought many times if I was a vampire, 
I would spend all of my time learning languages and instruments and just like <laughs> all of the knowledge. I guess I could be some other immortal creature, but vampires the one. It's the easiest that one for a be... human to become. That should be another Enneagram question. <laughs> the vampire. If you were a vampire, how would you spend your time? <laughs> well, I once again, I just I hate to end, but we wow, we went actually over what we yeah, were going I'm so to. This sorry. is I didn't so... realize how long we'd been talking. No problem. Um, thank you. Yeah, this is so interesting. And it really does. I see now why you didn't want to call yourself an expert, because it really is just like the more you learn, the more there is to learn. It's like a bottomless. You need to be a vampire to learn it all. So to become immortal. (laughs) (laughs) So how tell people how they can find you and also what? Yeah. What your services are related to this or other. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. So they can find me um, if you're on Instagram, as many people are nowadays, you can find me at illuminate.nyc. You can also find me on my website, which is www.illuminate.nyc. And what do I offer? Well, more and more, um, and I think we were speaking about this before we recorded, mm-hmm. the Enneagram is fascinating and it's cool. And perhaps some of you who are listening might be like, that's so cool. Um, this was really interesting to listen to, but what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know what to do with this. And for years now, I've been trying to rack my brain as to how this has been helpful and applicable to me. And mm. there are numerous ways it has been, but especially over the past few years, the biggest place I found it to be helpful is to help me very specifically see and understand my patterns of reactivity. Mm -hmm. And it's my patterns of reactivity that cause me suffering and it causes other people suffering. Mm. And if I can catch those patterns in the Mm. act, Mm. it can be so powerful because then I have the actual potential and possibility to respond instead of react. And what the Enneagram offers is it not only offers us insight into our specific patterns of reactivity, but the why. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes we just end up, you know, screaming at somebody and then mm-hmm. you just feel guilty. And then, you know, you need to kind of like, sh- like do something to assuage the guilt, mm-hmm. but then you never actually get to the, to the heart of why was I screaming mm-hmm. or why, why did I interrupt that person? It doesn't have to be huge. Our patterns mm-hmm. of reactivity, sometimes it's interrupting. Sometimes it's, um, it's becoming extremely quiet. These are all these are all potential um, ways in which reactivity can show up. Sometimes we think of it as something big, like screaming, but mm-hmm. there's so many nuanced ways that yeah. we react, right? And so, if I can start to understand first, see my pattern, then start to understand why, and then start to see how I can create some some space in between where Viktor Frankl speaks about this right between stimulus and response lies our greatest freedom mm-hmm. and it's within that pause wow. right so how can I start pausing and then actually be able to tap into the the energies of the other nine types mm-hmm. you know the way in which I re- I react we're so programmed you know if somebody else is watching us they can tell us in an instant to be like she's gonna do that She's going to say this. She's going to show up in this way because they've just seen it over and over and over again. Mm. It's a pattern. Mm-hmm. But to actually be able to choose and say, this is how I want to react. But perhaps this is actually what is necessary. It's a bit of a stretch for me. Mm. But I think this would be actually benef- be beneficial to the situation. Mm-hmm. And so that is what I do. And I do this with with leaders, with parents, with individuals, mm. with anybody who is really looking to, to to take ownership of their life of in terms of offering themselves more compassion and responsibility. Mm. So Love you that. help people know what their type is first, I'm imagining. Yes. And then, from, and does that take a while or how, a session or... 
Yes. So typically a session, and these are something I offer as one-offs, Enneagram consultations. They last from about an hour to an hour and 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, what I offer is a really powerful hypothesis. Sometimes it Mm -hmm. feels crystal clear. This is a hundred percent. This is this person, but I never want to say that because if a master Enneagram teacher mistype themselves, who am I to offer a guarantee to anybody? Right. Mm -hmm. But to really offer a solid hypothesis and 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 to back it up and and offer that to somebody. Mm. And then from there, if they would like to continue to work on this, then to to really get into, okay, let's use your life as a lab to really let's see like how are you showing up in these mm. situations? And then very specifically, okay, how can we how can we how can we start to understand the need behind this reaction? Mm. Yeah. What is it? What's the need? And then that helps with the reactivity. And that helps with taking a pause to be Mm -hmm. able to respond and all of that. That's great. Okay. So before we go, you said you are holding a workshop, an Enneagram workshop on the 13th. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Thank you. So January 13th from 1 to 2.30 PM Eastern Standard online, we'll be doing a workshop that I've called, why do I react the way I do? Mm. And so we'll be going through all of the nine Enneagram types, focusing on the motivations, needs, and fears. And to make it as relevant as possible, I'll also be speaking to two patterns of reactivity that each type has a bias of falling into. Oh, Mm. that's great. Yeah. So So that way, exactly, people can kind of, take a look and see does this does this feel like myself or perhaps Mm -hmm. I see this in others Mm -hmm. and of course to say all of these patterns can potentially be related to all types but we'll be speaking directly to the why Mm. the specific pattern is relating to a specific type will you be giving any tools like okay if you react like this maybe do this or Yeah, if that comes up, definitely. We're going to be spending about an hour in like the actual teaching and then setting aside a full half an hour just for Q&A. Oh, that's great. So you can. Yeah, that's a lot to go into to have tools. Also, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how do I do it? Tell them, give me this. Well, if somebody asks, I'll definitely try to do my best to help. Is space limited or can whoever... Whoever would like up, to come up. can can sign up. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's right. why I thought let's do it online. So if yeah, that's people great. all around the world can join. That's, that's awesome. great. Okay, well, we yeah. will put your website and all your information in the show notes so mm-hmm. people can reach you. And thank you again so much, friend. It was really great. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. And we're back. And we're back. And as if on cue, just to do a call back to previous <laughs> what we were saying about Brett's reading skills, we have this one cat who really only comes up to me. And a couple of days ago, you started this communicating. Oh, it was this morning. This morning, I tried to help him not feel like he has to run from me. And, and he <laughs> stayed with me when I did that then. And just now he got up and walked past you, although you do have Lainey with you, yeah, but and uh, came over to me. Yeah, I don't think, no, yeah. No, he doesn't, clearly doesn't care anyway, <laughs> because he's with you now. Now he's back with me, but still, he walked up to yeah, you. Yeah, and that would not have happened yeah. what before. What on earth is happening? They are both now, <laughs> but the other interesting thing about oh, this no. is that I feel like all the cats, since you've been communicating, and all the animals have felt Like, it's felt like we are all closer. That is exactly what our oldest said, too. Um, Although about them also communicating with them. They just feel closer. Yeah, it's been wild. We'll talk about about Not to tease that again, but here we are. (laughs) Um, Soft launch. (laughs) Anyway, I loved that conversation. I think you did, too. Yeah, it was was really, really flowy. Yeah, and also just, like, so I, I love just having this new interest in the Enneagram and yeah. like feeling like there's so much there. Okay, so before we go, let's pick a card for the week or next couple of weeks. And I'm going to use a deck called the Sacred Creator's Oracle, which is by one of my favorite Oracle deck creators, Chris Ann. She has a lot of decks that I love. Um, 
I think I actually have all of her decks. She has three, and I love them all. Anyway, here we go. I'm going to pick us all a card. I picked Raw Intention. Mm. That's an interesting one for this week because it's the, you know, like New Year, a lot yeah. of people setting intentions. Yep. Very in line with that. Okay. It says, the essential meaning is intention brought to life, wild power, savage love, savage, divine <laughs> intervention, powerful inspiration, channeling messages from source. Intention can be raw or it can be refined. Refined intention gets polished and perfected and turned into marketing, a resume, a vision board, and it is always tinted by layers of our own perception. Raw intention is wilder than that. Mm. It's pure, unrefined, and authentic. It's the mother who lifts a car with her bare hands to save her child because raw power does not ask questions. It just does. And so it is. By virtue of simply being human, you have this wild and natural magic inside you, and you may be spending too much time filtering your raw power as a way to fit in or as a way to be what others want you to be. Unleash your pure intention, and you will radiate so much innate magic that you'll move mountains. Allow spontaneity, spontaneity <laughs> oh my gosh, and divine love to guide you and pay attention to whim, desire, inclination, and impulse. If you notice any unwanted emotions surfacing, like anger, sadness, fear, or guilt, simply be with them, hear them, notice them, ask them why they are present, and they will likely point to a much deeper need that sounds something like, I am seen, I am loved, I'm accepted, I'm safe. Remind yourself that you are all of these things and draw your power from there. Mm. One way to channel raw intentions is to do a little automatic writing. Ask your question to the universe and sit with an open mind, a blank page, and a curious heart. Allow messages from the unconscious mind to flow onto your page. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that is, I'm really glad to hear that because I am creating right now a lot of classes and I like that remembrance to just come into the raw intention of it as opposed to anything else. Yeah, and I feel like, for me, I struggle at this time of year with the optimism of intention and the pessimism of like <laughs> looking at my history of mm. implementing things that I want to do. Yeah. And the idea of just letting like the intention be enough to yeah. like not worrying about refining it is uh, yeah. that's a helpful message for yeah. me. Like the desire, the impulse. Because yeah. a lot of times we're told to refine those. Yeah. Like, don't be too impulsive. Don't. Right. Yeah, that's a really nice message to take into the new year. Yeah. All right. Thank you to our listeners. We love you. We appreciate you. Yeah. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.